How's it going, guys? Welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. Today, I'm your host, healthy host, uh, Ian, two E's, Ghost of Ian, E squared, E-Dog today. Um, E-Dog. With me, virtually. <laughs> to my left, we have... No, sorry. To my right, we have Brendan, the new blood. Brendan, how's it going? Uh, still without glasses. Um, I spent over an hour on the phone today with my health insurance provider, um, only for them to tell me that I was calling the wrong number. Um, so, <laughs> so I called, I called the correct number because no fucking eyeglass place around me takes insurance. They're all private practices in each one of them. No fucking lie. And this is so gutsy to say each one of them says, while we don't accept insurance we can promise you that our customer service is unparalleled i don't fucking care treat me like dog shit just take my insurance that's their way of saying you're gonna overspend here but trust me it's worth it oh it, it fucking pisses me off so much yes so what happened to your two glasses uh so when i went to see uh i saw pearl in brooklyn on uh, 35 millimeter right yeah, um, uh, Saturday night, and I had to take the queue from Brooklyn to get to Penn Station, and then since I missed the train I was supposed to take, I had to take a subway from or a train from Penn Station to Newark, and then from Newark I had to Uber home. Um, sounds good. Like and so, because I was wearing my glasses in the movies, and I remember taking them off when I exited the movies and put in my uh kangaroo pouch you know the the holder on a sweatshirt front yeah. thing mm-hmm. um yeah and then in there. at some point between those three modes of transportation i lost them did you try to retrace your steps uh, i was not going all the way back to brooklyn gotcha this guy did took you- a train a boat an aircraft, <laughs> and he wrote on the back of some Filipino lady, and he wanted him to retrace his steps. Gotcha. Okay. You forgot the rickshaw. I took a rickshaw. 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 Forgot the rickshaw. Rickshaw. Um. Um. Unfortunate. Did you watch anything in the time frame of the whole week that we haven't seen each other? Whole seven all, days, baby. Whole seven days. Whole seven. Uh. Yes. Um. Uh, still on my Doctor Who rewatch. Um, I just got, uh, even though, you know, um, I, I was, I'm still always surprised when we find out who River Song is. I, I always forget that that is, um, uh, that's something. No, no, I'm not going to oh, say. No, oh, see what I, I see what did that. See what I did there. Yeah, I did. Um, okay, I also, uh, <laughs> I, I re, um, I restarted a show on HBO called Banshee. I don't know if any, gross. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen that or heard of it. No. So uh, it was created by Alan Ball, the guy who did um uh who, who made True Blood oh, the show. Okay. Um and Never it's uh, basically about an ex-con uh uh falsely assumes the position of sheriff in a small Pennsylvania town that's actually not too far from where I'm from and it's uh half Amish half Human town. Oh no! no, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to hear this. <laughs> They're not going to hear. This. 
I apologize to all of our Amish listeners <laughs> They're for, not gonna hear for it. nice behavior. They're not going to hear it. That's a good point, though. That's a great, <laughs> an excellent point. They're never going to hear this. What if there was, you know, some human, like, passing by in an Amish community and, and overheard that, you know? I like to think that there's some guy blasting, blasting. ruminations of Red Room on their, in their car while they're driving by with all the windows down. Mm. And they just hear Amish and, like, humans, and then they just turn to the right, and, you know? Oh, oh man. Dream. Just out of context. Yeah, Amish dream. people aren't human. Um, so yeah, I've been rewatching that. It's very, it's pretty action packed. There's some, uh, great action scenes. Um, so if, if you're looking for, if you're looking for something to just throw on and, uh, you know, watch an episode or episode or two here and there, I think yeah, I can't really go wrong with it. So was the convict ex-convict, uh, Amish or no, um, so you, you find this out in the very first, like, five minutes, so this isn't spoiling that anything. That he's not Amish. Um, he's a normal person. But, um, his ex-girlfriend, the reason that he's in jail, they got caught um, doing a diamond heist together. Um, Naturally. He, he got caught to save her ass. Um, and he goes to the town that... or it, 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 it turns out that she just happens to be living in the town that he was passing through when he witnesses the new sheriff get killed. Gotcha. So then he yeah. takes occupancy. Cause, yeah, because no one's met the new sheriff yet. So <laughs> Sweet. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, also joining us to my virtual left, we have Kyle with a K. Hello. How's everybody doing? Wow. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, what have you been up to? I saw we had like a little... Uh, unofficial competition on uh you had an unofficial competition okay, okay. <laughs> i was just enjoying my day off watching films and stuff but uh i did win but um <laughs> i watched a little film called uh, uh microwave massacre I was uh, browsing the Arrow app. I was on it um, due to me anticipating the watch of Shogun's Joy of Torture. So with that being on there, I was like, hey, what else is on here? Um, and Microwave Massacre was one of the uh, cult classics for 70s. Who was it? Eight? No, it's 70s. Yeah, it came out in 79. Uh, so I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Let's put it on. It's like an hour and 17 minutes. Um, cult classic. Check it out. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it was really funny. <laughs> it was a good watch. Uh, Tom and I watched it together, and we had a, a fair amount of chuckles, fair amount of laughs. So it was it was pretty worth it. It's about a guy, um, a construction worker, who um, is so tired of his wife's cooking and his wife's nagging that he eventually kills her, and then um, <laughs> accidentally eats part of her body because it gets mixed up with the um, amounts of food that was in the freezer outside. Um, you got to see it. And then he winds up turning out that he loves to eat flesh. So he turns into a cannibal. But the problem is, is that um, in order to eat flesh, he has to have sex with his victims before he eats them. Obviously. Obviously. It's the rules. So um, he abducts women um, and uh, he has sex with them and then he eats them. Do you think it's some sort of like, maybe I'm thinking a little too into it, but do you think sure. he has sex with them to like, uh, for some kind of flavor for like marination, like he comes inside of them and then Ooh, it marinates overnight? Tenderize the meat. 
tenderizes tenderize the meat, the meat too, like with all that, that pounding. It doesn't touch on that. But that is a good point. That is a very good point. I actually might give it another star on Letterboxd because of that. Um, but um, I also watched a uh, French film. Uh, it's called Lost in New York. Uh, not to be confused with the Home Alone 2 movie. Um, it's a 1989 film. <laughs> and it's directed by... I don't know how you pronounce his name. It's Gene Rollin or Jean, Jean Rollin. Jean, Jean Rollin. Um, and apparently... Jean Rollin. Um, He's a big deal, I guess. Um, I didn't know anything about him. I just uh, was browsing Arrow and saw this, and it looked interesting. I checked it out on Letterboxd and saw it had a pretty decent rating. And I was like, fuck it. Another hour and 20-minute banger. Let's go and take a look at it. And it was good. I enjoyed it. It's about two um, two girls, two young girls who find like a... Um, like a Nigerian like idol or like um, like a figure on a beach, and it kind of transports them through space and time, um, through um, a storybook that they're reading, and they um, wind up. They're about ten, eleven years old, maybe a little younger, and then they get transported to New York in their late twenties, and uh, they get lost and they're trying to find each other. It's very, um, I don't know, it's very weird. Um, uh, it doesn't have like a lot of dialogue and it doesn't follow like a traditional kind of like story arc of beginning, middle and end. It's kind of just all over the place, but it's really interesting. It was really calming for me. I think I watched it like the perfect time. I was in like the perfect mood for it. Um, I would highly recommend it if you're ever in like a really chillax mood wanting to watch something just kind of weird. Um, and then lastly, I've been, um, I fucking did it. I fucking did it. I spent $70 and bought The Last of Us Part 1 remake. Um, even though I've purchased this game two times now, it's the same game. <laughs> but I can't help it because it is one of my favorite games of all time. And uh, well, what can I say? It's great. It's fantastic. PS5 takes advantage of the haptic feedback, 4K, 60 frames a second. Um, they redid all the animations, redid all the models. It's one of the best video game stories ever told. And uh, I'm just glad to be able to play it again. So other than that, that's all I've been up to. Ian, what have you been up to? Oh, well, um, on our little unofficial competition that you won, um, I, too, watched a bunch of movies. Um, I saw two uh, DC animated films. One was like, all right, it was called uh, Justice League versus Teen Titans. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was all right. Um, but the bigger one that I saw was Batman Under the Red Hood. And this is like a pretty critically acclaimed uh, like DC movie, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a big one. It's um, not as big as like Batman uh, Mask of the Phantasm, I think it is. But that's like, this is like um, a later years version of like popularity of that one. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's big. It it was it was solid. Um, the my only thing about these uh, animated films is, is they they just seem like long episodes. There's no real like heart shed or anything they can really show to like really put a punch in me. Um, but it was good. It was it was very enjoyable. Um, the the animation was was solid. Um, yeah, it, it was an overall pretty good. I think I give it a heart. Yeah, seven seven and a heart. Um, after that, I watched uh, Selena, 1997 film starring Jennifer Lopez. Um, 
Cause I, I'm dreaming a... of you tonight till tomorrow. Okay, I'm not gonna sing the rest. Sorry, good. It is. I have not seen it since uh, I've become an adult, and uh, it is. It is very, very fucking sad. It's a. Uh, uh, yeah, it's super sad. Um, <laughs> I, I obviously wasn't around when she was around, but like just seeing how many people she affected and made happy, and just to die so young, it's uh. It's a, uh, it's fucked. It's yeah. Fuck you, Yolanda, dumb hooker. Um, yeah, it's a messed up movie. Messed up. Um, I was in first grade when she died, but I don't remember any of it. Any of the like, I don't know. It was never. Who is it about? Selena. Selena, the Mexican American. Um, I was too young. Artist, music artist. Nah, not familiar. You've never heard of Selena? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like the um, Hispanic community is Michael Jackson. <laughs> if you ever go to a Mexican restaurant and Selena pops on, everyone's singing. Everyone. And I'm like, who is this? Who is yeah, this? Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, she made some really good music, uh, great music, and it's, it's a tragedy that, that she mm-hmm. died so early. Um, or that she was killed, murdered so early. Um, and then I finished on uh, two shorts. Um, do, do you guys uh, you know? finished on some shorts. <laughs> Is that what you guys are like? <laughs> um, have you guys heard of Windagoon, the YouTube channel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes? Okay. Uh, yeah, um, his, his stuff is decent. His stuff is fantastic. If you don't know what he is, uh, or don't know who he is, he makes... Um, like documentary style or like ranking videos or um, iceberg videos of uh, mm. like real world tragedies, um, fictional stuff like um, like the Bible and um, like uh, <laughs> other <laughs> mythical creatures. He also um, did a disturbing movies iceberg. Yes, he did the disturbing movies iceberg. That's actually how I uh, discovered him. Same. Um, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, but he was promoting a, another YouTube channel um, in one of his other videos. And I was like, you know what? That sounds kind of interesting. So I went over, checked out the YouTube channel, checked out uh, a couple of their shorts, and they were absolutely fantastic. Um, they're called uh, SCP Dollhouse and SCP Overlord. Um, and if you're familiar with SCP, then you, would, um, you should definitely check these out. And if, even if you aren't, um, still go ahead and check out that YouTube channel. It's called Evan royalty um fantastic quality um i added the second one to my top four favorites because uh if i ever end up making films i i hope it i hope it's going to be like that sort of quality it's it's very very well done shorts what is a the scp stands for uh secure contain what's the p protect protect um yeah so kyle do you know what scp is no it's more, yeah, it's more towards like younger generations, but they, they like, Boomer. it's like a fictional online um, organization that um, uh, contains uh, monsters, yeah. anomalies. I watched the trailers after I saw that you watched them to check them out. They look pretty cool. Yes. Pretty cool. The cinematography is fantastic. Fantastic. There was um, one shot that was like a BFX. straight ripoff from uh, Death Stranding, but I don't know if it came out before. So in Death Stranding, my yeah, uh, it was, uh, a, lo- a lot of these after. Well, because a, a lot of the SCP stuff is, uh, it's from Reddit. 
like the yeah. R slash SCP. So like a lot of this stuff has been written a long time ago. I got you. And yeah. Yeah, it's there's a shot where like the soldiers come out of a building or something, and then they see like the people floating oh, in the air. Cool thing, yeah. And it's like I could show you in the Discord right now. It's like a straight shot from Death Stranding. But I like you said, Death Stranding came out afterwards. So but I'm gonna throw it in the chat right now just so you guys to see what I'm talking about. Cool. But continue. And um yeah, yeah. I just I I loved it. Instant insta loved added to my uh top four along with uh the company of John Woo and Choi Hark. So, yeah, really love that. Um, but today, enough with that. We're not, talk- we're not talking about what we did. We're talking about what we watched, right? Um, today, we are covering the 1968 Japanese Hiroguro film directed by Tero Ishii, Shogun's Joy of Torture. Let me, um, I'm going to go with Kyle first. Kyle. Where'd you watch it? Would you add it to your collection? What'd you think? Initial thoughts. Um, I liked it more than Orgies of Edo. Hey, Dougie, what do you think of the movie? He doesn't know. (laughs) Um, He did watch it, though. Um, I thought it was... I thought it was... I thought it was good. Um, there's just something about this guy's directing. I just, there's nothing that like in excites me about it. Um, visually there's not much that's appealing to me. Um, I do like the structure of the film. It's very much like orgies of Edo, how there's like one thread, one guy that kind of intertwines throughout all three stories, which is, is neat. I like that. Um, I liked how this was focused on the judicial system and, um, kind of how we've changed and what can be acceptable to convict people for and what types of punishment are considered acceptable and how extreme they used to be, which, I mean, um, I think based on some of the things, they probably deserved it. And then, um, I don't know, it was, it, it was fine. It was fine. Um, it was fine. Would you add it to your collection, the uh, era video? I would not. I would not. Brendan. Legalized incest. Um, if I would have, if I would have paid three ninety nine for this movie, I would have been happy. Uh, if I if I would have watched it for free, I would have been happier. Hell, if I would have paid the Apple TV seven ninety nine, I'd be fine. Um, I paid. Seventy dollars for this movie. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Why? Because the Arrow like video, the best movie the I've Arrow, ever seen. <laughs> the Arrow video player app is so fucking broken. I went. I just figured I was. I had a thirty day free trial. Um, email. Oh, uh, so. So I went to go do that and I signed up for it and it said you will be charged uh, your fee is 69.99 um and today you will be charged $0 and you'll have a 30 day free trial and I clicked it and after the payment went through it told me that my promo code was invalid and I was charged $74 um so I'm very fucking pissed 
And I was looking, if I cancel it now, I'm still going to be charged the $74. Um, so I'm very upset. I'm, I, I started off this movie in a very sour mood. I, I, I'm still very pissed. I'm sure that you can, they'll give you a refund on that. They considering they, like if you explain to them the situation, I think that they'll give you a refund. They follow me on Twitter. Maybe I'll have to reach out to them on Twitter. Fucking Lexigan. Mix. They follow you on Twitter, everybody. Arrow the video release. Arrow video player, video player follows me. Oh, yeah. Um, That's flex. Yeah. Uh, I liked this more than orgies of. Edo story wise uh mm. visually i liked it less there were so mm. many uh, while i may not have enjoyed orgies of Edo, the, visually it was a there were some appealing shots um kind of like i for, i forget what movie we oh like like i was saying in terrifier um for the majority of this film it feels like he's placing the camera down letting the action happen it, most of this looks like it's all first take stuff as well like there's so many uh errors and missteps in quite a few scenes that i just they they could have cut scenes faster they could have let some scenes go on um but there were some wild images in this movie and i'm sure i'm sure we will cover all of them um but if i can get arrow video to refund me my money i will you shouldn't let that affect your rating. Yeah. You shouldn't let no. that affect your rating. No, no, no. no. I, if Arrow Video refunds my money, I will buy the DVD. For the, I will buy the Whoa. disc from them. If they don't refund it, I will not. Wow. Awesome. You will buy it, like, 100%, if they refund you your money? If they refund my money, yes. Oh. Okay. So Twitter um, people get to it. <laughs> at Arrow Video Player. <laughs> uh, my experience with this film... Uh, so we went over this, uh, pretty sure in, um, the orgies of Edo episode, you can check that out. Um, I, I also host that one, uh, unless you hate me, then don't, don't, don't check it out. But, um, so went a little bit over, uh, Tarishi, um, and, and my relationship with him, how I discovered him. Um, I, this is my second viewing. Um, I, did really enjoy it uh the first time and the second time i think that um this is probably um my favorite film that i own of his um over orgies of Edo. um but um i really like his directing style and i really respect him as a uh, director um and um yeah, some of the, some of these images are very wild, and um, uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a very wild film, I think. Um, but first question, uh, before we get into the actual film, um, Brendan brought up the first take situation, like you thought there were some of this was done in one take and stuff like that. Um, so Tara Ishii put out eleven films in 1968. In 1969 alone, it shows. Um, what do you guys think changed, or what do you think? What do you think has changed that has shown? Look, okay, let me restart that. What do you think has changed that has slowed down films being made starting around the 2010s? Because that, that's, that's, that's when I noticed. There's more high-profile 
directors now. There's more people making movies, and I think that's what slowed it down. Back then, there would be probably 10 big figures that would give get money to churn out a bunch of movies. And I don't think that's the case anymore. Anybody with a camera or a phone can make a movie now. So, Very true. More, Very true. more competition. And I, I would say to that, no one's asking you to. If you want to make 10 movies a year, you can go do it. But nobody's yeah. fucking asking you to. Um, it, especially with uh, streaming as it is today, there's much less of a demand for new stuff. E- e- new stuff is great and nice, and we all love it. Um, but, you know, it's just there's a lot less of a need now than there was then. So to give a little history, um, back in the day around this time when when this film uh, was coming out, um, televisions were coming out for the first time. So Toei, the um, production company, um, released a bunch of these films um, to kind of compete and get seats back in theaters um, with television, right? Um, So I think um, we don't really have that necessity anymore. I think um, we're kind of moving more towards a digital era and we have been since the 2010s. So um, we just don't really have a need for that. Even um, it's, I think it's, it's mainly like a, a Japanese thing where a bunch of directors were just pumping out like five, six movies per um, year, um, such as Teru Ishii um, and uh, uh, another big name. I'll, I'll get to you, Rida. Uh, Takshimike, um, Brendan. Uh, actually, I, I just had another thought real quick about the question you just asked. Um, I think another reason why so many films aren't aren't um, filmed in such quick time like this uh, is because of safety. When you rush things to to such an extent that you have to to get eleven films out, you're going to cut corners on a lot of things. Um, and I think that now specifically there's probably SAG rules and, uh, you know, different guilds rules saying, you know, as a, as a stunt person, you can only do, you know, or as a, I, I think you get what I'm, what I'm trying to say. There's a big safety issue behind trying to rush things out, especially very violent things like this. I agree with that. Um, but also on the quality aspects, um, like quality of film, uh, there's a lot of filmmakers that just put out shit, uh, big budget films, like in a long period of time. So for him to have 11 movies in two years and probably six of them were like mega hits, it's, it's honestly pretty impressive. Were they mega hits at the time or are they mega hits now? Well, mega that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And um, cult I don't classics. Know if mega now. hits now. Like, the, no, 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 no. Sorry, hits mega hits back yeah. in the day and cult classics now. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, but yeah. Back in the day, this this was the era of Pinky Films, Earl Guru. Everyone was trying to get that um, that weird um, that weird kink out of their system, and this was a, a art form on how to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into the movie. Um, starting at uh, this is an anthology film. We are starting our October anthology horror month part two. Very excited for that. Um, So story number one, a sister and brother that are unable to pay for medical bills. The sister tries to make ends meet by being the doctor's mistress. Meanwhile, the two siblings fall into a taboo relationship together. Once word gets out, 
they have to face the consequences. Um, what do you guys think about this short here? Brendan or Kyle, I'll go with you. I didn't take any notes. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely. I think we can all agree on this one. Definitely my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Can I, can everybody yes. agree with them? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Y'all agree. Okay, cool. So yeah, definitely my least favorite. Um, there just wasn't a lot going on in this. And uh, this was probably the most uh, known, I guess, um, cultural negative thing that was going on at the time. Like everybody knows women were getting taken advantage of and being used for currency and whatever else, trade and all that kind of stuff. So this um, was like the least shocking one. It was the most common one story-wise. And it was also like the least um, image-driven, like unique one, I guess you could say. There wasn't a lot of gore or blood. Not that there had to be, but there just wasn't a lot going on. Um, This one seemed very like very, very, very mid compared to the other ones. There is a shot that I really love and I think is really smart in this one. And it's when, um, what's her name? Uh, Mitsu? Is that her name? Mitsu. Mitsu is chasing the doctor after the brother killed himself um, with a knife. And she's chasing him outside on the streets. And the camera is placed and it doesn't move, just like uh, Brendan pointed out. But there's like two posts that are like kind of covering. the the people so it's so it's like 40 percent of the the shot is taken over of these posts and that allowed them to do like kind of special effects in like one take which i think is really good and really smart when he ran out of the building he had no slash on his his front side and then when he passed the yeah that makes sense because when he passed the thing he had this and even even on his face and his uh his his torso yeah the he like did something to create that um special effect like in the 60s like that's 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 pretty impressive yeah you had to use the tools that you had available to you to kind of mess yeah. with stuff that's cool and to do that in one take yeah brennan uh yeah this, this is my least favorite one i've noticed in maybe these no offense maybe this and orgies of Vito aren't the two best examples but these films feel very dialogue heavy rather than rather than allowing the the actors to fall into their characters and it, tell the story visually rather mm. than through words um out of all three i think this this one is the most dialogue heavy uh and it this really kind of started off at a really really slow pace um, thankfully, it, it did pick up a, a little bit in the the second and third short, but this it just felt very slow. Mm-hmm. I would say. I think he knew this, and that's why we got the title card that we did. Uh, I didn't mention this, but I really wanted to talk about it. Uh, the title card sequence, I think, is pretty insane. Uh, the girl getting hung. Her head getting chopped off, and then her her bottom torso getting chopped off, and then um, the title card opens, and then you get um, 
while credits the opening credits are rolling you get another girl's like uh legs getting torn off the and then, drawn and quartering yeah yeah and it's, then some girl getting burned sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead sorry. I was going to say, this goes back to Orgies of Vita, where the title cards are better than the movie. <laughs> like, like, it's the same thing, though. The title cards set the tone in Orgies of Vita. Um, it was awesome. Like, yeah. that was the Kabuki dance or something like yes, that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just looked visually awesome. And that's, that's the one problem I have with both of these movies. And I think Brendan summed it up perfectly, is visually, these movies do not have a lot going for it. And there's just nothing too appealing to me personally but yeah the 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 title card was awesome yeah it was fantastic yeah Um, it was dope totally into that oh and then um the torture sequence at the end um what'd you guys think about that for for mitsu's punishment where she's placed on a cross upside down and letting the tide come in slowly while she drowns go ahead brennan uh, well, to touch on the, the torture scene um, right before that, um, I hmm. it, it made me feel weird because I know whatever your kink is, that's fine. Um, but it made me feel weird because I know that there are people out there that are watching her when she's tied up and getting flogged. Uh, like, I know that there's people out there that are really fucking into that because she's there literally against her will. Not, not one of those, you know, uh, rape role play scenarios, but like she's literally there against her will getting the shit beat out of her. And it made me uncomfortable to know that there's people out there that get their fucking rocks off on that. I mean, the movie's called Shogun joy of torture. So yeah. Yeah. It, it lives um, but, up uh, to the, to the title. I, I believe that. Um, so are, are Japanese people, are they, what, what is their religion? Because I, well, I think I, now is different than before. I think now yeah. it's probably a little, little more. Obviously it wasn't Christianity, which we, we find out in the later uh, story. Okay, well then I, I think that the, the whole upside down cross thing holds a lot less credence because if you're looking at it from if they did believe in the the lord jesus christ the 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 christian you know then it would be interesting to have her upside down on a cross tied up as the tide comes in but um in hindsight it's just something to hold someone up so that their arms are out and their legs are up so So i was going to say this but i didn't want to just assume so i wanted to look it up really quick but it was buddhism which is what i was gonna say and uh shinto they were the two main religions during that period. And isn't that pepper. a isn't that a type of pepper? Shinto, Shinto, I, I don't know. Shinto pepper was that the one that went oh. in the pussy? Uh. <laughs> um. So, if we're done with the shorts, do you guys? What would you guys rate it on a scale of one to ten? Kyle, I'll go with uh, you first. Are we talking oh, disturbing? Uh, no, 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 just just rate the just rate the uh, story. Okay. It, it's an anthology, so we're gonna rate. It. Well, I didn't comment on the torture at the end, but um, it was, uh, yeah, the cross thing, I didn't know if that was like a thing too. So I was like, interesting. But um, the thought of being, drowning is like one of my ultimate fears. So that to me would be like 
super, super scary, just waiting for the tide to come in. But also, I also feel like she gets it the least bad, considering she's like, the waves, it's kind of relaxing. Her nose gets filled and unfilled. It's nice weather. You know, she doesn't have people stabbing her in the gut or anything. It's just, you know, it's probably a lot less physically demanding of a torture and more mentally mentally. yeah but um what was your question oh the water feels so nice (laughs) today thank god (laughs) she's like "Mm, see pee water Mm." it's gone Um, like this guys um what was one out of ten one out of ten what would you rate this short (laughs) one out of ten um <laughs> I would probably give it a f- f- four. I didn't come in on the uh, torture either, but I, th- I thought it was very smart and um, pretty fucked up. Uh, I would give it a seven out of ten. It was still very enjoyable for me. Um, Brennan, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go four as well. Four. Oh, you guys yeah. hated this one. Yes. Um, yeah. Story numero dos. Um, a lustful nun is willing to do what it takes to capture true love. <laughs> that's that's the synopsis I got from that uh, that short. Um, is that is that your description? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, we'll start with uh, Kyle. What'd you think of the short? I I'm a little torn on this one. Torn. Torn. Like that girl's gaping vagina, Kingford. <laughs> oh, uh, I can't decide. Actually, okay. I'm just going to say it. I think this one was probably my favorite. It's, it, it's a toss-up between this and the third one, though. I kind of like them almost evenly. But I'll have to say I give this one the, the, the trophy, if you will. Um, because, I don't know, I just think visually... There was a lot going on in this. Um, I think the violence and the gore was pretty rad with him like chopping off the dude's head and all that. Um, I also thought it was almost believable what that one priestess would do, like or the nun, I guess. Um, she seemed very believable, and I don't know. I... I could see something like this happening today and them just getting kicked out of the church and just stop being priests and, and nuns and now, or like, and to show the, like the, uh, the contrast to back then and, and what would happen. But, um, yeah, th- this one was probably the most interesting story to follow for me. Yeah. I believe she was an abbess. Mm. A B B E S S. I'm not religious. I don't know what that is. I, I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> Um, I know what an abbot is. That's uh, that's the male version. I'm pretty sure. Um, Brendan, abter and abbess, right? Abter, like act, actor and actress. Um, oh, that was stupid. <laughs> What'd you think of the short, Brendan? Uh, this I would probably have to say this one's also my favorite. Um. I was uh I was definitely caught off guard when I found out that all these uh nuns were sporting a Jada Pinkett. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they look like aliens. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Uh, 
They had caps on, by the way, audience listeners. They didn't shave their heads bald. They had caps on. That's why oh, they yeah, it was The caps odd. were so bad, by the way. It, it was, was like a couple where you could see the hair coming out of the back of the neck yeah. on a of them. Like, and then like their, their skin from the latex was like scrunched up. Peeling back. And, yeah, yeah, I'm like, dude, one. Uh, I, I, I will say, I thought that that the human soup was one of the most interesting things I've seen in quite a long time. So I'm not sure what a loach loaches are, but um, that's what was thrown in. The I just assume they were leeches. Soup. Yeah, it was not. It was just a uh, freshwater fish. Hmm. So I think it was like swimming in her pussy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no grace on this episode. <laughs> we're going I mean, there. <laughs> I mean, this movie didn't have a lot of is. grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was an interesting torture method for sure. You know, you know, one of the things that's interesting about all three of these, and I, I can't remember from Orgies of Vita, but I'm probably correct. Um, the guys never really get it that bad. No way. It's I mean, only, that's the whole point, though, right? It, yeah. I mean, during the Edo period, women are like nothing. Yeah. Like, like that's the whole point. Yeah. During the Edo period, women are like just used for making babies and pleasure. And but I, it, cooking, it's just cleaning. that's it. This film does what Orgies of Vito doesn't try to do, and they they try to put a redemption arc in there, like you know, with with the one judge. Um, and so I was just thinking, the by the third short, once it was clear that someone was trying to make an actual difference, um. Actually, no, I don't want to get to the third one yet. I'm sorry. Um, well, and that actor is uh, Taro Yoshida. He's in he a lot familiar. of. Yes, he he's yeah. in a lot of his films. I was well. He's in a lot of just films in general. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't look him up yet, but I've seen him in definitely some of the shit. This cast is absolutely stacked. I couldn't um, put my like my finger on it though where he's from. That I've seen him in anyway. I'm pretty sure he was in Orizavito. Um but we have. Uh, Aseo Koiki, who's been in o- over 120 films. Um, Fu- Fumio Watanabe, who's also been in, he's been in like uh, Kurosawa films. Um, they're really big name actors, really big name actors. What's that? I think the guy's name. Uh, which is one? it? Fumio, the judge. The judge. The judge. The good one or the bad one? The good one. The good one, uh, Asayo Koiki. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Taro Yoshida. Taro Yoshida. I've seen him in other shit, man. Yeah, they're all great acting in, in all of these shorts. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, I like the torture methods in this, uh, in this short. I feel like the narrative was also the strongest, and this is my favorite as well so we have a unanimous vote that uh, this second story gets a trophy this, the, the nun story um this to me felt the most um bro girl which is um a term used uh, quite heavily during this time period um which is erotic grotesque um especially when uh the main antagonist she cuts the the abbot's head off and she's like cradling it and speaking to it and she's like we can finally fall in love and and all these things to it to a disembodied head right 
Uh, and then she takes it outside and fights the the shoguns. Um, I thought that was um, that was uh, very very interesting. Um, and I feel like if they had uh, more use of blood, it could have been a very grotesque scene. And I give that short a nine out of ten. I thought it was fucking great. Did you guys read it or no? No. I'd I'd. Give it an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. It was strong. It was strong. Okay. Kyle, or uh, Brennan. Uh, I'll, like a mom right now. <laughs> I'll um, I'll go seven. Seven. I also like the. There were a couple really good cinematography moments. Um, one where the two couple or the two couple the couple is um, are having coitus in the field. And uh, the camera is placed like with the flowers in the foreground. Um, he does a lot of these shots, and it's it just looks really great. Was was she supposed to be a virgin? They're nuns. So, so yes. But it it seems are, like they've also done that before. Nuns? Are all nuns, all virgin? nuns are virgins? <laughs> are all well, virgins not all virgins nuns? are nuns. <laughs> not um, all virgins are nuns. No. <laughs> um, wait, because. Because oh, it made it seem like they had done that before. Yeah, I mean, he was coming back when the when the abbess first came to the to the um, nunnery. I forgot what it's called. So, so then that, she, so then the she was in the church. So that girl was not a virgin. No, they they've done that okay. previously. So the, all all of that like heavy flower imagery was sending weird vibes because it was it was very clear that they'd done it before. But there's all. You know, not not to get too gross with it, but when they say you you deflower someone, like that's what I thought that whole yeah. So it was foreshadowing the uh, main antagonist, who was a male virgin virgin at the time. It was a male virgin? Okay, that caught yeah. a male virgin. So yeah, she, she had not she yeah. had not tried the male yet. She had not dipped the toes in the penis water. Okay. And didn't it also kind of seem like he was raping her, the first girl? Because she did not seem into it whatsoever. Um, I didn't get that. But I didn't get that either. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, story three, unless you guys want to go over something else in the... No? No. No? Okay. <laughs> Famous <laughs> tattoo artist is told that he has yet to show true agony in the faces of the woman he tattoos. And the women he tattoos. What did you guys think of this one? And it, um, it all comes around. Kyle, we know how much you like that. It does. He loves a good reach around. We had both, both um, judges um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, this, in this last short. I'll look Kyle, first you. on this one. Oh! Oh, me. Oh, me. <laughs> uh... Okay, so first, the first tattoo that he does is dope as hell. It's busty. I would love a tattoo like that. And the final tattoo that he does is also amazing. Um, I mean, this, the second tattoo is clearly better. I mean, okay. <laughs> um, it's his best work. Wait, yeah. do you guys have any tattoos? Yeah. Kyle does. Ian, you don't? I'm a virgin. Uh, uh, you're an, you're a skin virgin. Skin virgin. Um, <laughs> if if it weren't for that torture scene at the end, this would have been my favorite. Um, that scene was 
so messy visually and uh, audibly 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 um it 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 wrecked my ears and it looked i i think it just looked really bad i i did that scene brought it down so much but i liked that intense moment where the tattoo artist uh stabs what i i yeah whatever Whoever I'm not trying to hijack you really quick, but that dialogue was probably the best part. Of yes, the that dialogue yeah. was 100%. amazing. 100%. And I I think that they tried to go too over the top with it and it was just a complete mess. Like if there were if there if it was more uh I almost said authentic. That's the, if it was more intimate mm-hmm. rather than just like 25 things happening, you can choose to look at whatever you want. It's just I just thought it was too much. Um so I mean, it was for sure giving him like a variety of uh, torture that he could watch, uh, it, and it was it was justified. The not not the torture, obviously, but the <laughs> the scene um, because he wanted he wanted uh, different women to view for his for his drawings, and you can see him in the background. He's like writing down the faces and then throwing the paper, writing it down, throwing yeah. it. Um, so that's the reason why there's like so many women that are getting tortured in that scene. Sorry, um, can you guys hear the cops? Yeah. Okay, those sorry, sirens they're... on our RN folks, not on <laughs> your no, they're coming for you. They're coming for you. They know where you are. They found you. They stopped. No, no, no. They're there. They're going they're going. Um, I think Brendan explained it perfectly. Um my whole problem, I'm gonna say it again. My whole problem with my feelings with his film so far, the ones I've seen is I just don't think they're visually appealing. I don't think he has a very good style of directing. Um, I know there's fans out there, including you that love his work. I don't see his visual, like the visual appeal of his movies at all. And I think this particular story uh, was definitely the weakest visually. Um, I did like the story. Um, like the plot and what was happening. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really interesting. And I would love for all the dialogue that he has in his films, I would love more intimate dialogue. And like kind of Brendan said, and that, that whole moment he has at the end when he's killing him and, and he's, he's like, like even when he goes back and starts to draw it while he's dying in front of him, I thought that was all very cool. That's not um, the face an ogre makes. Like that's a great line. Yeah. yeah that was, cool. yeah. Um, like he, he knows he's getting what he deserves. And I think it's kind of like a, an artist getting back at the critics in a way. Because um, he, he's the only one that's like critiqued his art in a, in a negative way up until that point. And he's like, I'm going to make the best thing ever. I'm going to please this one person. And it's going to be the best thing I've ever done in my life. After that this, I've pleased that- everyone. That was a very Brennan reach. I appreciate that. Um, so <laughs> that was very Brennan of you, Ian. Um, you. Yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, it was my second favorite. Sweet, yeah, I agree. Um, this this one had the best story, uh, in my opinion, and I really liked. Um, the only thing I didn't like in in the entire movie, the main thing I didn't like, was the the um, ten minutes straight of women screaming. It got repetitive and annoying, um, but it was you know, not not the screaming, but that scene was necessary to the story, and I understand it. 
Um, the scene was necessary, but with the execution. Yeah, the execution could have been better. It could have been less messy. I agree with Brendan in, in that way. And yeah. audibly, it was. Um, I was thinking something that could have made that scene really cool was since this was the tattoo artist's first time, like actually seeing something like this, like uh, maybe he gets like not an anxiety attack, but like he gets nervous. Like you can, he all you hear is his heartbeat and his, he's narrowing on certain single things here and there and oh, making and then it can like zoom in on each of their faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I think that yeah. that would have been to make it more personal for the artist rather than just like this assorted, uh, you know, torture scene. Yeah. This blender of, t of torture. <laughs> I fully yeah. agree. Um, Kyle, you mentioned you don't like a style. I liked this. The, I think there was a really good transition in this uh, in this story, and it's when he's obsessing over the woman's skin. That uh, when they just came back from the the sauna scene, and the sauna scene is very funny. I think it, that, I think it's actually what hilarious. The, what the fuck, it, dude? That guy, he's like creeping on the the block window. The and he comes, he's like, <laughs> I like when he kicks that one girl. Yes, yes. at the end he kicks her. Oh my god. Yeah, that's he, he keeps doing the nose and touching his own breasts like yeah. oh my god that was it felt so out of place but i i really liked that it was it was a very <laughs> very funny scene um but the scene right after that when he's kind of reflecting in, in the pond and he sees the woman in the reflection of the water um he throws like a rock at it and then it zooms in on his face and then it zooms out and he's in a different location i thought that was seamless and a fantastic transition. The one I missed. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, other than that, it's yeah. it's like all fade to black next scene. Yeah. But this one yeah. was like zooms in on his eyes, and then there's there's no cut like whatsoever. I mean, there obviously is, but you can't notice it. And then it just zooms out, and he's like in town. It's uh, it's a really good, really good transition. Um, but I would give this one like an eight out of ten. The short eight out of ten. That's fair, Kyle. I would give it a seven. Yeah, Dougie's giving it a seven back there. Do you see Ooh, that shit? Dougie, come <laughs> nuts. Um, I think I would also have to do a seven. Awesome. And then my last question, which is, I think it's pretty pretty good. Last question. Um, does anyone have to go to the bathroom? No. Okay. We'll take a bathroom break, anyways. After this question, many use many films use extreme or exaggerated methods to show consequences for doing bad things or people that have committed horrible deeds. Examples such as uh, *Requiem for a Dream*, *Men Behind the Sun*, and *Come and See*. Right? Um, do you think this film is for educational purposes to show the horrible acts of the Edo period, or just for entertainment? Brendan, I'll start with you. Uh, I do not find any educational value in this. Um, even though I'm, I'm sure things like this did happen, it, it feels very Tarantino-esque, as in it's in... I, I, I feel bad saying alternate history, but watching it feels like an alternate history. Mm. Um, yeah. timeline type thing it i i will say from i meant to say this earlier when you brought up the opening title that opening title the first thing i thought of it was tarantino would love this this feels like a tarantino ass movie 
It almost felt like spaghetti western too. Yes, yes, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, this doesn't seem educational at all to me. It seems very entertainment uh, heavy. Um, I feel like this film was made for people that are into this time period, into like the fantasization of like um, this part in history. And mm -hmm. for people that already kind of have like a moderate little bit of knowledge about this, you know, time period. Um like for me, I know like little bits and pieces of things that would happen in the Edo period, uh, just based on my own personal interest of looking things up. And this looks like it kind of just um, not glorifies it, but more like exaggerates it um, of like the information that we already know. Like we already know that they were sexist. We already know that they were extreme. We already know that, you know, sex was like a common thing. And this just kind of like turns it up to 11. Um, but just, yeah, definitely enter for entertainment. I uh, almost mimic what Kyle says. It's uh, mainly for entertainment, but I think that it does have some sort of educational purpose. Uh, just if you're not aware of what um, the Edo period was or like the horrible deeds that did happen um, during that period, um, I think it can be uh, somewhat educational in that, in that way because these, these acts did happen. I think it could um, definitely pique the interest for somebody that doesn't know anything about it for sure. Yeah. Uh, that being said, we are now going to take an official Red Rum Thick Piss Break. Please enjoy um, this advertisement from the rest of our radio network. The year is 2043. You're playing fantasy football. It is championship week. You're trying to set your lineup and you don't know what to do. Robert Griffin IV and his top target, Will Fuller VI, have carried you all season, but they're facing a London Jaguars team that has the top defense in the league. Your other quarterback is a 66-year-old Tom Brady who's playing against the much more manageable Toronto Bengals. So you turn to Nick and Elijah of the 25 Yards Later podcast, a production of Sports Obsessive and Ruminations Radio Network. Be, Be a, champion. a champion. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Well, then welcome back, listeners. <laughs> um, that was a grand ad. Grand. I'll tell you what. Uh, but now we are going to get into final thoughts and ratings. I'm going to start with... Kyle first with a K. Um, I'm hoping to all a look. I'm not shooting down this director completely yet. Um, I know he has some more um, higher rated average films on Letterboxd. I'll check those out too if we ever get to them, if they're uh, in the same kind of horror genre. But um, so far, what I've seen of this director, it's, it's just not my style. It's just not my. It's just not my thing. It's not. Um, it's not the, the tone or the content or anything of the movie that it's not me. It's just the way he does it. His directing style. I'm just not a fan of, um, which is fine, which is fine. Um, but I did enjoy, uh, the second and third story. Like it was, it was interesting and, um, I'm glad I watched it. Um, I would not add it to my collection. Um, I'm going to give this film a three stars. No heart. 
So that, that is a three stars, six out of ten for Kyle with a K. Brendan. Uh, you know, I since we're doing Anthalotober, and I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and um, I, I, I knew that this film was in there. I, I'm kind of glad that we got it out of the way first. Um, not got it out of the way, but um, I think that this is an interesting opening to a month of anthology films. Um, also, Ian, I got a free idea for you. Happy Death Day in the Edo period. Right? The whole I like film, that idea. Whole film like takes place over one day where you, you're seeing this woman questioned and tortured and stuff, mm-hmm. and they kill her at the end of the day. And then she wakes up, and the calendar is I don't know if they had calendars, but it, it's made clear that it's the very next day. Um, and that's the end of the film. I'd watch it. So that one's for All you. Right. Um, <laughs> we'll write that down. I liked this more than orgies of Edo. Mm. Um, the okay, yeah, sorry. What I was going to say was nonsensical. Um, I am happy to give this film a three out of five. Three out of five. Yeah. So another six out of ten stars. All right. All right. Um. I greatly admire the work of uh, Tara Ishii. Um, it is unfortunate he is past. I think he. I think he's like one of our only directors that we've covered that that are deceased. Um, but he had a great reign. Um, I really enjoy this film. It's uh, it's shot very well. Even though you guys don't like the style, I I really do. Um, I love the acting. It has some really big name actors in this film. Um, it's very interesting, and from like an Uroguro aspect, if you're getting into that or if you are into that, I think it's a good um, milestone, um, and it's a good film version of that genre. Um, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. So, that is... A... Ruminations of Red Rum official three stars. I'm 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 gonna give it a heart, but I don't I don't think that matters. It's funny because Brendan and I liked it more than Orgies of Edo, but Orgies of Edo got a better Ruminations of Red Room rating. It got a three and a half. Did it? Yeah. Oh shit. Well, this was like a three or like a yeah six point six. That would round up, right? Or oh, no, because... Yeah. We, we don't have to. It's, it's fine. You, you, none of you guys hearted it. It's, it's fine. Okay. Six. So three stars for Shogun's Joy of Torture. By I think you... Brendan, I think you gave Edo a three and a half. Wow, what is wrong with me? That, that, that would have been the only way it could have gotten a three and a half, because I know I didn't... Like I didn't go past three. I think I gave it maybe a three. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think Orchis of Edo had better directing style. Yeah, that that, mm-hmm. that might have been in the visuals. Um, yeah. In the visuals, yeah. But I this one's narrative three. is is better. Obviously, I mean, Orchis yeah. of Edo was nonsensical nudity. Yeah, but it um, looks cool. 
it did look cool. <laughs> so noted. I'll just bring cool looking <laughs> movies on. Um, all right. Now time for everyone's favorite guessing game. Is it fresh? Is it rotten? I don't know. Is it fresh? The game that Kyle is going to uh, explain right now. Wait, what? The new listeners. You're so good at it. Wait, I don't know. What do you, you want me to explain it? Yeah, you, you Not nailed ready? it by heart like throughout the entire. I, mean, I don't know. Do you, want, do you want me to we do We end it? every episode with Fresh or Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes uses a 100-point scale. Any film <laughs> rated 60% or higher is considered fresh, and anything 59% or below is considered rotten. My co-hosts have to determine if a movie is fresh or rotten based on hearing a description of the film. If they guess correctly, they receive a point and move on to round two. They then have to guess what the percentage is. If they are within 10% of the audience score listed on Rotten Tomatoes, they receive a second point. But imagine me saying that by heart. Um, contestants, are you ready? Hi. Hi. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> a brave... Def- oh, this is... Okay, these are movies to preference. Did you, did you want any other preference? Because it is a little oh, different. I mean... But- uh- they are movies. Kyle, didn't we agree he has to say the name and the rating? Correct. First, before the summary. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. So this one is <laughs> a brave defender rallies to save the people of Earth when an evil lord's forces converge on a Japanese city. Genre sci-fi animation. But I do consider this horror. I do think this is a horror film. Fresh. say uh fresh um you guys are both incorrect um this is 1993's shinjuku demon city sitting at a 57 57 audience score directed by directed by yoshiaki Kawajiri. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Kawajiri, mm-hmm. the man, the, the epic man. Um, so zero zero, starting at strong. Let me just write this down real quick. Zero zero donuts. Um, number two. Sega goes undercover just did before. Ha- wait, wait, wait. Did, did you say Sega? Saya or Saya goes undercover just before Halloween and battles demons. Is this also an animation? Oh, uh, genre horror action animation. So it's all anime. Or is it? Well, you're going to tell us. So, (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, I'm going to say fresh. I'm going to say fresh too. Two freshes. You guys are both correct. <laughs> guess the percentage. <laughs> I'm going to guess 78. 69. So we have 78 from Kyle. And 69 from Brendan. 69 from Brendan. Brendan gets the second point. This is 2000s. Blood, the last vampire, sitting at a 66% audience score. So you were just so ever close. 
uh, Kyle. And this is directed by Hiroyuki Kitakubo. This is one of the DVDs I own that got stolen in that rental room. Really? <laughs> fucking yeah. Oscar. He's done this fucking one. Oscar, man. Fucking Oscar. He stole my blood last vampire DVD. Fucking stupid hoe. I know. Um, round three. Right? Yeah. A peace treaty has been in effect for thousands of years to prevent a war between Earth and the black world. <laughs> kind of sounds a little racist. <laughs> Although it's set to be renewed, <laughs> evil, for- Sorry. evil forces want to make sure that doesn't happen. People from the black world, by the way. Um, to ensure it does, hard-bidden human Taki Rezuburo and sexy demon Maki are, char- are charged with protecting a diplomat, Mayart, Mayart um, who holds the key to peace. But with an army of multiple <laughs> dimensional assassins on the trail, it won't be easy. Genre sci-fi, fantasy, horror, anime. Sounds like it's trying to hit some uh, hidden undertones of police brutality, but <laughs> I'm going to go with Rotten. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Although, in all honesty, after about the first five seconds, I tuned out. That was so yeah, me too. I, I, I got so Would you lost. Like me to repeat a word or a sentence uh, or the 69th word, please. There is no 69th word. That's why it's I counted. That's why it's rotten. <laughs> I'll say you're out. Both going rotten. Interesting. This is a film that I actually own oh. right there. It's, it's got to be rotten. It is. <laughs> 1987's Wicked City, sitting at 67 audience score, uh, directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri. That's the Vampire Hunter D, right? What? Is that the Vampire Hunter D guy? It is the director of Shinjuku Demon City. Mm. I thought it was the Bloodless guy. So you guys both got that incorrect. Last and final round, Kyle sitting at one point, Brendan sitting at two points. It's anyone's game. Um, contestants, are you ready? Final round. See whatever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, if you said whatever during a fresh or frozen round, I would not believe you. <laughs> and the summary is: oh, in a dark and distant future, when the undead have arisen from apocalyptic ashes, an original story unfolds. That's a fucking sick-ass sentence. I'm sorry, but 10,000 years in the future, vampires rule the night. They once ruled outright, but their numbers are in decline. Vampire hunters now threaten the vampires with extinction. Genre horror animation. Fresh. 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 Both going fresh. And you are both moving on to the next round. Guess Wait, Kyle, do you know what this is? I think I do, yeah. Okay, let me let me go first. Then. I think I do. I think I do. That first sentence sounded so dope. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, I'm uncomfortable with this, but I'm going to say 80. You're doing 80? I'm going to go 85. And Brendan, or Kyle, goes 85. I'm going to tell you something. 
if we were doing by who's closer, Kai would get the point. But unfortunately, you guys both get the point awarded to you. This is, and Kyle knows what this movie is. It is Vampire Hunter D. Bloodless. Directed in the year 2000 with an audience score of 86%. Yeah. Directed by uh, Yoshiaki Kawajiri. Damn, I was one point away from getting two points, and I would have took the lead. I actually was going to say 86% in the very beginning, and then I chickened out. Yeah. Those are the final scores. Uh, Brendan, Brendan takes the lead. Brendan sitting at 20. Ian sitting at 6. Kyle Ooh. sitting at 6. Mitch sitting at 1. You wrote it down. Good for you. I'm proud. I did not write it down. I you just remembered. Yep, just remembered. <laughs> I'm a sad, sad man. Um, this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the branded pussy of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you like what we're doing, be sure to follow us on Twitter. That is at of Red Rum at of Red Rum, and please subscribe to our iPhone, I, iPhones, our iTunes, or Spotify. Make sure you hit us up with a review or a like, and if you don't like us, do that too. Um, that being said, I am your host, Ian Tuies, E-Dog, Ghost of Ian, E-Squared, signing off. Michael, you're definitely going to like this one. With me, Kyle, with a K. Uh, Bukinima, Mama. And Brendan. The new. Uh, I hope everyone gets to channel their inner Dougie today. Stay spooky.